WXDX-FM, Pittsburgh. to the chase right away. Instead of pointing fingers at individuals, let's get it right, right away. Let me be the only radio show in town to do that today. The Steelers stink, and they're poorly coached. Now, certainly the Steelers have a lot of weak components, but the Steelers stink, and they're poorly coached. They've lost both home games. They've fallen behind big right away in both home games. They got shot out in the second half yesterday. They never blitz. They play scared on defense. The guys who are supposed to be good aren't good. The Steelers are a stink sandwich, and everybody has to take a bite. I had the Steelers going 10-6. But I also had him at 4-0 after four games. The Steelers' playoff chances aren't dead, but are on life support. And a loss to Atlanta at home next Sunday pulls the plug. It's a playoff game in October because Atlanta is 1-3. They're in trouble too. And to think, Sports Illustrated had the Falcons and Steelers meeting in the Super Bowl. I'm afraid I've got some bad news. But let's get it right. The Steelers stink, and they're poorly coached. They come out flatter than a plate of urine time and again. Now, if you want to drill down, well, let me count the ways. Let me quote my blog on the Mark Madden page at WXDX.com. Ben Roethlisberger was bad last night by his own admission. A.B. had another crap night. He can't get separation out of the breaks. James Conner just isn't a number one running back in the NFL. The offensive line is a fraud right now, and Alejandro Villanueva is the biggest fraud of all. Juju dropped a touchdown. The D.B. made a good play, but Juju's allowed to make a better play. Vance McDonald just handed their guy the ball in the first half. That was a killer. That gifted the Ravens a touchdown and a 14-zip lead. Cam Hayward and Stephon Tewitt are supposed to be good, and they're invisible. T.J. Watt hadn't got near the quarterback since the first game. The DBs are so bad, the Steelers are scared to blitz. They drop everyone into coverage, and it's death by a thousand cuts. Terrell Edmonds was worse than bad. The rookie. He was wandering around like he was lost out there. Joe Hayden is supposed to be the glue, but he came unstuck on Baltimore's first touchdown. The Steelers start slow more often than not and clearly lack focus. That's it. That's the list. Well, not totally the list because that's just the front page. That's just the basics. To repeat, 
the Steelers stink and are poorly coached. I don't think they bounce back. I don't think the Steelers make the playoffs. This is the Mark Madden Show. You like it, you love it, you want more of it. Dial 412-333-WXDX to go one-on-one with the great one, or you could follow me on Twitter, at Mark Madden X. A couple things I said, because I tweeted a lot of this earlier, a couple things have drawn your ire, like me saying James Conner isn't a number one running back in the NFL. Okay, I know he's a cancer survivor and a pit kid, but he's just not good enough. And if you really drill down on the numbers, they show that he's just not good enough. And people saying, well, he's doing as good in the first four games this year as Bell did in the first four games last year. Yeah, that was Bell after no training camp, and it wasn't good enough. And of course... I just hate Juju when I say he dropped a touchdown, but that doesn't mean he didn't drop a touchdown. And so often, fans make excuses for their favorite athletes by saying, well, the other guy made a play. In this case, the DB punched the ball out. Yeah, nice play. Juju's allowed to make a better play, and that better play was there to be made, and he could not. Uh... This is how good teams become bad. This is how what should be 4 and 0 turns out to be 1 2 and 1. Every single thing I said about the Steelers crap start and their crap performance last night, I defy anyone to tell me how it's not true. I double and triple dog dare you. Now I know all the X's and O's guys are going to yell forever about Blocking and tackling, blah, blah, blah. Execution, blah, blah, blah. And certainly that's the biggest part of the Steelers' problems. But the Steelers have now been in nonstop chaos going back two or three years. And that has to be one reason why this team is unraveling. Not the reason, but a reason. And I also think the Steelers have a lot of guys, young guys, who are more concerned with living the life than they are with playing the game. And I think the Steelers have been so good for so long, they take a ton for granted, and that starts with the coaches. This is an absolute disaster after four weeks, but there's not going to be much fallout from it. Tomlin and the coordinators won't get fired. Not now and not later. Ben won't get benched. In fact, all the starters will continue in their roles because that's all the Steelers got. But not only is this team clearly ill-prepared for games, it's ill-prepared for the entire season, and even more ill-prepared, I would bet, to bounce back from starting 1-2-1 when a lot of people, including me, had them down to start 4-0. The Steelers have now lost four of their last five home games. As I mentioned, the only loss, the only win, pardon me, in those five games was a meaningless game against Cleveland in Week 17 last season when none of the starters played. The Steelers are in a pretty deep hole here, and I don't know how they dig out or when they dig out. 
I'm not making any excuses for Ben. He played bad. But the offense gets so one-dimensional, so quick. The Steelers fall behind, and Connor can't cut the mustard, and then you're throwing on every down. I give the Baltimore defense credit. They were number one in the league coming into the game, and they played like it. The Ravens are better than Pittsburgh, and so are the Bengals, at least right now. Connor's not a bum, but he's not a starter. He averaged 2.1 yards per carry yesterday. If you take away his two big runs at the end of the Tampa game, he's averaging just 3.1 yards per carry on the season. Connor just isn't good enough. He presents little threat. He makes the Steelers' offense one-dimensional and gives the other defense a lot less to think about and a lot less to prepare for. I'm not saying to go get Lev Bell, though. No, I'm not. That ship has sailed and sunk. Uh, A.B. had five catches for 62 yards. How long before he implodes? Jimmy Smith was suspended, his nemesis, the Baltimore cornerback, and A.B. was still mostly invisible. Ben and A.B. got to figure it out, or the season is well and truly doomed. A.B. and Ben were on the same page a couple times last night, but according to Mark Caballi of The Athletic, their communication on the sideline was literally non-existent. Each kept walking in the opposite direction from the other. But they got to figure it out because without Bell, that combination is their bread and butter, and it just isn't working. People are blaming Ben for Brown's low numbers. Well, okay. That means in past years, Ben was responsible for Brown's high numbers. You can't cut that two ways. The cockeyed optimists keep talking about how early it is, but it really isn't that early. Not when you're 1-2-1 and and 0-2 at home and are playing real bad football. Does anything you've seen give you any indication the Steelers are going to snap out of this? I don't think so. I don't see it. One thing is for absolute certain. We will now see whether or not the Steelers have character. No doubt on that. We'll see if the leaders can lead. We'll see if the followers are willing to follow. At 1-2-1, and one, there's no doubt on that. Uh, 412-333-9939. Uh, in just a few minutes, we're going to talk about A.B. some more, about James Conner some more. We'll get to Pitt and Penn State a, a little bit later. Like I said, Phil Bork is going to join me at 4.30. We'll talk Penguins with him. Can't wait to get the Penguin talk well and truly underway. A Penguin injury note, Brian Dumoulin is day-to-day, and that wouldn't be good if he couldn't go Thursday because he's a top-pair defenseman. That said, I'd be curious to see what Ricola would do if he just got dropped in there at the deep end against the defending Stanley Cup champions in the Penguins' home opener on Thursday. 412-333-9939. It's the Mark Madden Show, 105.9 X. And now the super genius, Mark Madden. And a lot of funny stuff has no taste, like, for example, this show. Double M, I just wanted to say how funny that was. Now I'm going to cut you off before you can make a joke. The X at 105.9. Antonio Brown had a weird day. He didn't get his first catch till midway through the second quarter. He barely got targeted up to that point, 
And then he got targeted a whole bunch of plays. Four out of five, I think. I think AB's still hurt, that calf from training camp. He's getting so little separation. AB got covered by Humphrey, and AB didn't do much. Even without Jimmy Smith covering him for the Ravens, AB didn't do much. Uh, That game could have been a lot worse. If the Steelers don't get that fumble at their own one early in the second quarter, the Ravens would have made a 21-3, and it would have got real ugly. Davis and Sensabaugh forced the fumble, and Edmonds made the recovery. That's three blind squirrels combining to find a nut. Uh, Wow, those Steeler DBs just suck. Uh, James Conner's a good kid. We get told that all the time. He's a cancer survivor. We get told that all the time. But he's not a number one running back. I said a few weeks ago the Steelers didn't need Bell, that Connor was good enough. I was wrong. The Steelers do need Bell, and Connor isn't good enough, but Bell's not coming back, nor should the Steelers want him to. Not now. But we get too caught up in feel-good stories, the cancer story with Connor, the war hero stuff with Villanueva. The Steelers need more good football players. Not good stories, but more good football players. You know when you'll know those two were good enough, Connor and Villadueva? When you hear them mentioned without their ancillary stories in hot pursuits. But that day is nowhere near upon us. Hey, did you catch Connor's pregame intro on TV? He said he was from Erie McDowell High School and not Pitt. That's kind of a diss, which I get because Pitt football really blows. Let's go to Nick in East Liverpool. Nick, you're on the Mark Madden Show. What up, man? What up, man? Hey, I just uh, just sitting here thinking about this all day, just how ridiculous uh, this team has become. The culture, like you've been talking about, I think this year you literally get to see how Mike Tomlin has let these guys down by letting this culture just go to Well, they let themselves down, too. A coach can permit a, a bad culture. But the players invent and promulgate it. So I blame Tomlin for a lot of things, mostly for lack of preparation and focus, which we see at the start of nearly every game now, certainly at the start of every home game this year. But uh, but blame the leaders and the followers, too, inside that locker room for the bad culture. And, and like I've been problem. saying, that is a reason for the Steelers disintegrating, but not the reason. They just stink. I don't think they got a bunch of guys who can't play football. They just stink. Correct. Thank you for the call. Let's go to Chris and Plum. Chris, you're on with Double M. Hey, Mark. Um, I just got a quick question, and I'll wait for your reply. What do you think? Because they are playing like crap. What do you think about the? Um, they just swap the season and hope for first round pick. Yeah, they're they're not going to do that. Anything else? Um, and just to touch on your comments about how stinky they are, they're just poorly disciplined, and all the penalties show it. Well, they didn't take as many penalties yesterday, but uh, they stink and they're poorly coached. That's what I said at the top of the show, and that's what I'm sticking with. Uh, you know, Ben's throwing the ball all over the place. A.B. can't get separation out of the breaks. You know something that maybe Ben and A.B. are a microcosm of, and I hope not. And I hope they regroup and bounce back because without that combination, the Steelers are toast. They might already be toast for this year, but Ben's 36 and A.B.'s 30. 
30's not young for a receiver, especially one who plays the style Antonio Brown does. Maybe the window's closing on this team. You know how I always talk about the Patriots? When are they going to hit a wall? Maybe the Steelers hit the wall first. Let's go to Joe in Ocean City. Joe, you're on with Double M. Yeah, Mark, uh, you were were talking about a week or two ago about after that 17 missed tackle game and everything, and then you just kind of brought up now about the Steelers actually drafting better players. Just following me, I went back and looked at the uh, reports of these players coming out of college, and some of these reports like on Edmonds, Burns, take it back to Allen even, you know, years ago, it's saying that they're poor tacklers. And you were saying how in this day in the NFL, you can't practice tackling. So that's even more of a change of the culture, where it's like if a guy was coming out of college before. Well, we're not talking about culture now. We're talking about how certain players execute. And uh, Well, I'm saying over the NFL overall, just how everything's changed. I'm saying now we're a guy coming out of college that might have been. Yeah, you know what? I, I, I watch a lot of football on weekends. Actually, I don't watch that much, but. But when I do watch, I see a lot of guys tackling properly and consistently. I think this is a Steeler thing and not just indicative of a malaise with football in general. Uh, but I just think the Steelers stink and are poorly coached. I mean, I can't go a lot deeper than that, although I will for the sake of filling three hours. But they stink and they're poorly coached. I mean, the DBs are so bad, the defensive coordinator is afraid to blitz. Dropping everybody back into coverage. You're putting it more on the coaches not having the players in proper position to make. No, I'm saying everything with this organization sucks right now, (laughs) from top to bottom. It's not funny, and I know they're not laughing. What about Steely? Steely? Steely sucks too. He always sucked. Yeah, he always did suck. Thank you for the call, Steely McBeam. I heard he. No, that's a bad joke. I was going to say he and gritty. From the Flyers got, but it just, it's the kind of joke that would have flew big time 10 years ago. Maybe not now. Yeah, there's too many people on the radio and on Twitter and on other forms of social media, also in the papers, on the blogs, the websites, etc. They just want to put this on like one guy. Whether it's Tomlin, like the last caller said, whether it's Ben, like a bunch of people in this ungrateful sinkhole of a town couldn't wait to do to blame Ben. But I don't think anybody is unscathed right now. You tell me, what Steeler is playing even okay? Who could you look at last night and say, boy, he did pretty good for the Steelers. Good effort in the proverbial lost cause. I guess Chris Boswell finally made some friggin' field goals. But if your kicker's your best player, well, you're going to lose to the Ravens in fairly convincing fashion. And uh, that score at 26-14 was very deceptive. I don't feel like the Steelers ever really had a hope of winning that game. Sorry, but I just never felt like the Steelers had a hope of winning that game. And I said earlier, I think the Ravens are for real. I think their defense is for real. I think if their offense would have executed at a high level, they would have won that game by 20 or 25. Then again, maybe they knew they didn't need to do that and just wanted to control the ball and keep the Steelers' offense off the field. Uh, The Ravens in the fourth quarter got the ball and just held onto it. 
just held on to it. And that's when you knew it was over. And they outstealered the Steelers. The Ravens won last night in the kind of fashion the Steelers like to and so often have, and the tables got turned on the black and gold. Up next, we got our football guru, Matt Williamson. He's just around the corner on 105.9. And now the super genius, Mark Madden. SG, hola, good sir. Hola. Hey, Mark, how you doing? My solution is give me my cake and eat me too. The X at 105.9. It's time now to talk football with our guru, Matt Williamson. You can check out his work at mattwilliamsonfootball.com. And also, with an exciting new venture being started by the professor, John Clayton, we'll talk with Matt about that in just a few moments. But Matt, first off, what is wrong with that connection between Roethlisberger and Antonio Brown? And what's wrong with the individual components? Because neither guy is doing all that much right. Yeah, that to me, of all the bad things that are happening with this team on the field, that one's the most unexplainable because... Ben practiced more in you know the preseason than he usually does. I know AB wasn't always there, but these guys are playing together for so long. It's not a new scheme. They, the targets are obviously there, but there's no doubt that there is a massive disconnect between these two, and it feels like neither one wants to throw the other under the bus, but they're both throwing their hands in the air like they don't understand. I don't understand why so many balls towards A.B., particularly deep, are being un- are even unplayable. I mean, like, if he's one-on-one, you can't throw it in the seats. I don't understand that at all. And then another thing that's just kind of a schematic thing with this team, and, and this goes back to Haley, but really the last couple of years, and it really hasn't changed, this is a passing game that attacks very short or deep. They're not an intermediate passing game. They're really low in percentages in terms of intermediate passing. And Ben's not connecting deep. So that makes it pretty easy to defend all of a sudden. Is it possible that both Ben and A.B. are fading? I mean, Ben's 36, A.B.'s 30. I don't see A.B. getting much separation. He's not open as often or by as much. And Ben's throws are all over the place. I think it's possible, and to be frank, I mean, I kind of called Roethlisberger out 365 days ago, too. I mean, I stated things along the lines of this guy's had a lot of lower body injuries. When you lose accuracy, it's usually from the waist down. Um, But then he rebounded strong. You know, I mean, after six weeks or so last year, I want to say it was like halftime of the Colts game. From then on, I thought he was really, really good. But before that, I blatantly questioned, hey, this guy's up in age. You know, guys like Eli that are the same age are falling off a cliff as well. That's how human beings are at this position that aren't named Tom Brady anymore. Um, so I'm open to it, but he proved me wrong a year ago, and he's obviously a phenomenal thrower of the football historically, and it would shock me if he falls off a cliff like Peyton Manning did. Is that Steelers' offense one-dimensional because they trail early too often or because Connor isn't good enough and they just can't run the ball? I think it's a combination of both, but last night I felt that was very game-specific. You know, if you remember the last time they played the Ravens, too, was we're not going to pound our head against the wall against Brandon Williams and these giant defensive tackles. It's going to be on Ben, and it didn't work, but 
I understood the thought process against the Ravens, you know, but overall, I think Connor looks like a third round running back who's an average player that's not the answer and obviously isn't Lev Bell. The, the blocking hasn't been as good, but I also think the lack of commitment to a running game will hurt it at any level. I mean, you really have to stick with the running game for it to pay off late. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I think it's a combination of all, but last night I think it was a Ravens thing. Is the O-line having a bad year? Uh, there isn't the usual efficiency or consistency. I don't see the holes and the protection collapses. I thought the protection was good last night. I thought the run blocking was poor, and I think that's kind of becoming more and more of a trend. And even last year, I thought the protection was really good. I didn't think the run blocking was nearly as good as it was two years ago. Um, I don't know. There's been a lot of injuries there, too. I mean, it's a small sample size, and there's been a lot of injuries to key players, including DeCastro, who to me is, you know, an elite player. He's the only elite one of the group, and it's two different lines with and without him. But I think Villanueva, the problem, my hunch is the general public, and he went to a Pro Bowl last year, thinks he, you know, the Sealer Nation probably thinks he's a better player than he truly is. I mean, he's a middle of the road left tackle, maybe at best. How do you account for yet another early deficit at home? Uh, 21 nothing against Kansas City and 14 nothing last night against Baltimore. The Steelers just keep coming out flat at Heinz Field. I don't understand the early struggles overall. I mean, you look across the league, so many of these offenses, you know, they, they, there's, they script a bunch of plays. You practice those more throughout the week. Is this team not doing that? Uh, are they don't have, don't they come out with a defined plan that this is what we're going to show on the first couple series? Uh, if not, that's coaching malpractice to me. I mean, I I don't know how they exactly do that. I'd like to find out, but it makes no sense because there's a lot of teams that start hot because that's what they practice the most. What's the coaching factor in all this? Is Tomlin failing his team? Are the coordinators failing? The Steelers, uh, how much blame do you put on coaching for this bad start to the season? Quite a bit, and I, I blame coordinators more so than Tomlin in this case. But there was a a portion last night where, and I've never thought Coach Tomlin was a great game day coach. I think his value is other places more so than game day coaching and timeouts and clock management. But last night in the second half, when you're losing, I mean, the fourth quarter, I know your corners aren't good and you don't trust them, but you can't just play off coverage with two high safeties and put no pressure on Flacco and make them, quote, you know, have a long, sustained drive. Because that's exactly what they want to do. You know, they're winning. They have the best kicker I've ever seen, and you need two scores to win, and you're just allowing them to eat clock at an unbelievable rate while they complete short pass after short pass. Like, that's losing football. That's that's terrible. Why did the Steelers blitz so very little yesterday, as in almost not at all? Yeah, I, I don't understand that either because I look at this defense, and if you're not going to challenge receivers at the line of scrimmage and you're going to have predictable zone drops with guys that don't cover enough ground, frankly, you better disrupt the quarterback and – for the most part this year, I think they've done that pretty well. And last year, they've manu- you know, they led the league in sacks. They manufactured a lot of pressure. 
I think that's their only – I think they have to live and die by the blitz, especially as poorly or as little as they're getting out of Tuit and Hayward. Like, to me, they're almost like Ben on the defensive side, where this is who we are. The straw that stirs the drink is going to be Cam and Tuit, and when they're great, they'll make up for some deficiencies behind them, much like Ben with the lack of a running game. And they haven't held up their end of the bargain at all. No, and staying with that, I agree. Uh, the guys on defense who are supposed to be good are invisible. You mentioned Hayward to it. Mm-hmm. T.J. Watt hasn't gotten near the quarterback since week one, and Hayden got burned really for badly. TD yesterday. If those four guys are below average, the defense, that team, the Steelers, have no chance. Right, right. And I think Hayden's been good, and I trust him. i got to think Cam was you know, going to come back to where he was, although last season – might abs- might absolutely go down as his best ever. He was phenomenal. Two, it's been too inconsistent from the start. They need him in a big, big way. And, you know, Hayward demands more blocking attention than to it, rightfully so. But you're right. And Watts, he was great in week one. He's been a flat-out liability since. And their defensive front, which that's just like you're saying, they're the good players. You know, if the defense has good players, it's the big people. They're not winning one-on-one matchups at all. We're talking to Matt Williamson, our football guru. You can check Matt out at mattwilliamsonfootball.com. Uh, here's what worries me about last night's result in particular, Matt. I don't feel like the game was as close as the score. I don't feel like the Steelers were yeah. ever in danger of winning the game. I 100%, well, I 90% agree. When, I, when they went into halftime, I actually thought, Boy, they didn't play that great in the first half, but they have momentum. They're at home, renegade, terrible fouls, yada, yada. They're going to come out hot. But, wow, did they not. And I do agree that game, the Ravens won that game much more decisively than the score shows them. Is Baltimore for real? The Ravens weren't great, but they were very efficient, and I really liked their defense. Yeah, and going into that game, I thought their defense might be a little bit of a mirage. Like, it might be a 10-12 to 12 type defense in the league, not a top five unit. And I think I'm wrong about that, that's for sure. And then they get Jimmy Smith back. I was really impressed with their offense. You know, it's a different-looking offense than what we've seen. And this boggles my mind a little bit, too. But like the rest of the league, they're using a lot more misdirection, a lot more play action. There's all these Shanahan McVay theories that are like stealing right now in the league that the Steelers aren't using on offense. It makes me crazy. So the Steelers offense you feel is outdated that they don't pursue enough of what works for other teams in today's NFL. In a way, I mean, I I very much, I know this for a fact that many, many coordinators spent the off season studying the Eagles, the Rams, the chiefs, the 49ers of, what can we steal off those guys, and how on earth are we going to stop these new new waves of offenses? You know, in the Bears, for example, they, they took it this year, too. A lot of jet motion, so much play action. Like, Mark, this makes me crazy. Is According to Pro Football Focus, I trust that their numbers are right, the Steelers used the least amount of play action in the league last year. And then Collinsworth mentioned on the air, who owns Pro Football Focus, says, and it's even less. In 2018, that's the biggest gift an offense can get is use play action. It's the most efficient metric in the entire in all of offense, and they use it less than anyone. Maybe Ben doesn't like it, 
okay. I mean, I think there maybe is a old dog, new trick situation here with the quarterback, and I think he has more influence than ever. And I'm not saying he needs to be running RPOs and, you know, option left and right at his age, and he's obviously established, but there's some gifts going around the league right now offensively that's leading to tons and tons of points, and the Steelers aren't using them. Where's it go from here, Matt? Uh, Atlanta comes to town at 1-3, and three, so it's almost like a playoff game in October. The loser season is probably over. Yeah, um, I do think the loser season probably is over, especially for Atlanta because the NFC is so much harder. If they were to lose to Atlanta, they better – I mean, the Bengals game, I think we're really going to have that conversation two weeks from now, that you better win out in the division. And the division looks awfully good. I certainly could see a couple playoff teams, multiple playoff teams from the AFC North going. Um, but Atlanta's going to be another massive shootout. Like, you know, there's a lot of teams in the league right now, led by the Chiefs who play tonight, that it's first one to 50. And that's what the Falcons are. They just did the same thing with Cincy and couldn't get a win. That's what the Steelers are, despite not, you know, only putting 14 points up last night. What's gone wrong with Atlanta? Uh, and let me mention, Sports Illustrated picked Atlanta to beat the Steelers in the Super Bowl. And, boy, this is, uh, like I said, a playoff game in October. Not quite the matchup between the teams that some had hoped for. No. And th- there's, their situation's a little more palatable because they've been hit very, very hard by injuries. You know, their, they, their defense is exact mimic of what Seattle did so well for so long. And it's built on speed you know, their Cam Chancellor, their Bobby Wagner are out. The middle of the field is really exposed for them, and their pass rush hasn't made up for it. But their offense is great. I mean, <laughs> their offense is tearing people up. Um, people were on them for the, the coordinator change, but that's you know no longer a story. Matt Ryan's playing at an MVP level. So their their defense is letting them down. But they've been in very close games. I mean, a bounce or two in many of their games, and they could be three and one. I mean, it's, it's sort of Steeler-like. Will the Steelers turn around their season? Um, does that mean get to the playoffs? Yes. Win the division, win double-digit games. I'm going to say no. Uh, it's not a difficult. It's a difficult schedule. It's a difficult division. This looks like an eight and eight team to me. Well, eight, seven, and one, but I get your drift. Maybe yeah, right, right, or maybe, seven, eight, and one. Maybe seven, eight, and one, right? <laughs> Matt, great stuff. Now, tell us about this project you're working uh, with John Clayton on. Yeah, my website no longer exists, and John Clayton' site popped up t- today. Is our launching day? So he absorbed all my subscribers. Um, I now exclusively work for ClaytonFootball.com. We have a team doctor. We have a, a cap guy who just wrote a really good article about the whole Lev Bell situation. So I'm going to be pumping out a ton of content starting today. I did a Chiefs piece today. There'll be a Rams one tomorrow. I'm sure there'll be a lot of Steelers stuff, too. Matt, great stuff. We'll do it again next week. Absolutely, Mark. Take care. That is Matt Williamson. Check him out at ClaytonFootball.com. That's the new Addy for all of Matt Williamson's football writing. And, of course, you can hear him here on this program and on Steelers Nation Radio. The Steelers lost. You're pissed. I don't blame you. Do you see them turning their season around? And who do you point the finger at for last night and for the way this season has started? 412 333 WXDX. 
And now the super genius, Mark Madden. Hey, Mark, check it out. Even as a kid, I was a super genius. I was the coolest white guy on the radio. <laughs> I think I'm the coolest guy, period, but what's up? The X at 105.9. Some Penguins roster news from today. Zach Aston Reese got assigned to Wilkes-Barre Scranton, as did defenseman Zach Trotman. That means Ricola is with the team for now, but I think that's mostly because Dumoulin is uh, day-to-day with an injury, as is Tristan Jari. So I guess Casey Smith's going to be the backup, at least for Thursday, and I think he probably has made the team beyond that. I want Dumo to play Thursday, but it would be interesting if Ricola did. I think he's earned that opportunity, but when the Penguins have all six defensemen healthy, I just don't think he fits. I'd rather have him in Wilkes playing and then call him up if somebody gets hurt. We do have hockey coming up. The NHL starts Wednesday. The Penguins start on Thursday against the Defending Stanley Cup, Washington Capitals. The Capitals play Wednesday night at home, then come to Pittsburgh Thursday with the Penguins not having played yet. The Caps have the Penguins schedule from last year. All those crazy back-to-back night situations. Uh, Tom Wilson of the Washington Capitals is already in mid-season form. The Caps were playing St. Louis in an exhibition game and Wilson took off the head of Oscar Sundquist. Sundquist used to play for the Penguins. To be fair, Sundquist has a huge head, like Mount Rushmore. Maybe Wilson couldn't help it. Of course, I'm kidding, because it was just a brutal, vicious, predatory hit. Sundquist did have his head down, which is the mantra of the defenders of old-time hockey Eddie Shore, but Wilson clearly and deliberately targeted Sundquist's head. Uh, Wilson is a repeat offender, and his presence does hockey zero good. Still waiting on word about the suspension, but I would bet it's not severe because it occurred during exhibition season. Because you're not as subject to brain trauma if the game is not competitive. Uh, No quarter brought to you by... CW Electrical Services, make the switch at cwelectricalservices.com. Uh, Pitt got beat again, 45-14 by UCF. And Pitt stinks again. Not much more needs to be said. Penn State blew it against Ohio State. What a terrible play call by Franklin on fourth down at game's end. And then he blew up at some fan after as he Franklin was leaving the field. And a fan bitched about that play call. Now, Trace McStorley has to make a play there. I guess he had an option to keep the ball, but I don't give McStorley that option. I make McSorley make a play. Uh, Pat Narduzzi and James Franklin are a couple of buffoons. Low rent types, blowhards. We got playoff baseball. Mealy Wake leads Chicago 3-1. That's the... Playoff game for the National League Central Championship. The National League West Championship gets contested in just a little bit between Colorado and L.A. And then the losers of those games play in the wild card game tomorrow. Uh, The Pirates season is over. 
They went 82-79, and 79, which some will somehow see as a success. But the reality is, all the Pirates did was not make the playoffs. Once again, October is the shortest month. By the way, Baltimore lost 115 games. I believe that's just five shy of the modern record. 120 losses by the Mets in their very first season, 1962. But the Orioles still outdrew the Pirates by 100,000 fans. The Pirates had the third lowest attendance in Major League Baseball. Well, I'm getting old. Another uh, death to report, which is uh, sad to me. Marty Ballon over the weekend, lead singer for Jefferson Airplane and subsequently Jefferson Starship, sang a few really big hits, uh, Miracles, most notably, and Volunteers. Marty got the crap kicked out of him at Altamont by the Hells Angels. If you've seen that uh, documentary, you see it. And, and here's where Marty's super cool. Although it was damaging at the time. He got punched out on stage by Hell's Angel because he told a Hell's Angel to F off. So backstage, he's just coming to. And another Hell's Angel says to him, Man, I'm sorry that happened, man, but you can't just tell an angel to F off. And Marty's still groggy, and he looks at the guy and goes, F off. And the guy knocks him out again. Marty Ballin. R.I.P. In just 30 seconds, what do we got for you in 30 seconds? I'm going to tell you what the Steelers won't do to fix their problems. All y'all have a lot of suggestions. I feel very confident in saying that none of them will be used by the Steelers. And I'll be more specific in 30 seconds here on 105.9 The X.